Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Hello and welcome to our season three finale. Hey, 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 don't let me get the water bottle out. Don't be so sad, Sarah. Don't be so glum chum. Don't be so low, Lou, because that doesn't mean a thing for us. We will just continue to keep going. Those of you who are longtime listeners, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for being that and for being everything to our show and supporting me and the show and everyone and everything. So those of you longtime listeners know that a season finale is just that, a season finale. We'll be back next Sunday with a brand new episode starting season four. So, but we're not going to bypass this episode. This is a, a very anticipated episode. At least it is for me. And I know at least a few of you that are listening have been really looking forward to today's show. And speaking of, if you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything you're looking for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast, here with us and more. So today is our Saint Pets episode. Angels in fur coats or furless babies, furless angels, however you want to label them. It can be snakes, it can be dogs, cats, monkeys, anything, any nature being that brings us unconditional love and support and i have some amazing stories to share with you today and actually we have a special guest who's going to be sharing one of their favorite stories as well so i am so happy you all are here so the first story and these are in no particular order so these aren't according to who's best and who's not this is everybody across the board They're all on the same blessed and sacred and holy level. The first is Candy Cane Kisses. And that's all with a K. K K-A-N-D-I, K-A-N-E, and of course, Kisses with a K. Uh, Candy Cane Kisses was uh, Haven's beloved fur baby. And Haven shared her story um, with me to share with all of you. And I really wish I could have got her to share it herself, but I understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. So (laughs) here is Candy's story. She says, ah, my dearest candy cane kisses. When I was a child, I was absolutely terrified of dogs. It did not matter the size. So afraid that I even lost bodily functions whenever one was near. How did candy become a part of not only my life, but my whole heart, I'll share that with you now. Way back before internet, it took some effort for my mom to figure out a solution to help me. Word of mouth, talking with the right people and so on. 
the answer and solution that changed my life forever and one that I will never forget and will always be grateful for was to get a very small puppy for me to hold, love, and spend a lot of time with and take care of. Her name was Candy. Candy was adopted from the local shelter and was such a huge blessing. She was so small that she fit comfortably sitting in the palm of mom's hand. She was golden tan with a white tip on her tail, which later we reverenced to her tail as her little paintbrush and a speckled pink and brown nose. It almost seemed like she knew the situation and was always so calm around me. Puppy-like around everyone else, but calm around me. Mom asked, what would you like to name her? First thing out of my lips, Candy, K-A-N-D-I. Over the years, we became best of everything together. She went with me through my years of childhood, through difficult times as a teen, right up to my husband and I meeting and getting married, and then my pregnancy of our child. She literally saved me from numerous thoughts of suicide and self-loathing over the years. She always knew, whatever it was, she always knew. She had such a nurturing energy to her, mother-like. Her ability to connect with everyone was uncanny. I was about eight to 10 years old, I believe, and unfortunately a neighbor down the street took his own life that night, about six houses away. That night of his actions, Candy howled and soulfully cried right up until that morning. Once we found out what had happened, we acknowledged it, she stopped. She was and is a soul that is such a gift, a gift that changed a little girl's life in more ways than one could ever imagine. And Haven added some quirky facts about Candy. She loved watching Alvin and the Chipmunks on TV. Thanks to mom occasionally sharing a wee bit of beer with her. <laughs> she enjoyed some brew from time to time and she loved to lick everyone. As I was only a few weeks away from having our son, she became extremely ill. At that time, she was a senior girl and unfortunately had acute pancreatitis along with kidney failure and side effects from that. My husband and I were devastated. I had continuous difficulties with my pregnancy and was actually triggering myself into a possible early labor over this news. So my husband, who grew to love her as much as I did, went with her to release her from her painfully ill body. He said, right before she left, she looked at him and gave him a big lick kiss on his face and then parted. All these years later, she is still and always will be a part of our hearts. Her photos are displayed in our home and we often go by them and acknowledge her and her amazingness. What a beautiful soul that came into my life to cure me of my extreme fears of dogs and ended up not only doing that, but healing my heart many, many times over. Thank you, Candy. Mama loves you. 
And thank you, Haven, for sharing that beautiful story of Candy. And I, I was the husband in the story, everybody. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. And I can testify as well how amazing uh, Candy was and is. Uh, such a an amazing energy that is, she's just beyond words. But I believe Haven did such a, a beautiful justice to Candy in her story uh, and sharing her. And again, thank you, Haven, for sharing that story with us and for sharing Candy with all of us. Now she lives on in all of our hearts. Next is the story of Snooty, or I should say Snooties. <laughs> From what I understand, and mom, correct me if I'm wrong, um, my grandmother on my mom's side, her mother, um, named all their dachshunds, or many of their dachshunds, uh, Snooty. And, uh, or I should say Dash Hounds. Some of them call them Dash Hounds instead of dachshunds. Uh, but anyway, uh, this snooty that I'm going to be sharing, or one of the snooties I'm going to be sharing here, was a gift to my mother on her, I believe her graduation. Again, mom, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I have mixed memories because a part of me thinks it was on her 16th birthday and then another part of me thinks it, he was a graduation gift. I would almost think a graduation gift because he was around when I was around. So that would probably mean a graduation gift rather than a rather than a sweet 16 gift. But regardless, uh, Snooty was just uh, an amazing dachshund um, and, and funny. And he didn't mean to be funny, uh, but bless his heart, he, he had he hit a belly on him. So he was very low to the ground. So his um, third digit you could say, tend to drag the ground quite a bit. And it didn't seem to bother him any, but, he, but it was just funny to for people that didn't know Snooty that first saw him to see this dog with his thing dragging the ground <laughs> as he walked. But anyway, I know uh, Snooty was such um, a blessing to my mother and helped her through so much in her life. Uh, he also did me and my brother and my sister as well uh, unfortunately, I believe my brother and sister probably don't remember him much. Well, wait a minute, not even my sister, because he passed away before my sister was born, so she didn't even get to know him. But I don't know if my brother remembers him or not, but um, he was just, he was always there for us. And you know how it is with these fur babies and furless babies. They just love you unconditionally and are always there. And I remember we had, we lived in an old farmhouse, so we had the, um, these metal grates that were over the heating vents on the floor and those vents would get very 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 hot and i can always remember snooty just laying on that talk about a hot dog <laughs> hot dog but he was always laying on him and it never burned him it was just weird but anyway his love for warm places uh, sadly ended up being the cause of his end for this lifetime he had a bad habit of going out into the uh, road in front of us. And we lived at the end of like a cul-de-sac kind of thing. It was a dead-end road, so to speak. Uh, but the neighbors had a driveway next to us, and they were part of the emergency response team, uh, EMS and fire in our area. And Snooty would go out there, and he would just lay 
in the driveway uh, because of the hot pavement. He loved that heat. And uh, one day the neighbor got a call and she jumped in her car without seeing Snooty and just went flying up the road to respond to an emergency and unfortunately ran him over and uh, he did not survive. Uh, but he is always, always in our thoughts, in our prayers, and in our hearts, and always will be. He was such, such an amazing being. And now on to the second Snooty. So after Snooty number one uh, sadly passed away, uh, it was such a huge uh, hole in our hearts and in our home. And uh, my father went out and got a, another little dachshund or dash hound. Uh, I believe it was a few years after um, this Snooty had passed away, maybe a year or two. Again, Mom, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I know I should have fact-checked this first, right? But anyway, you're getting the idea. So anyway, uh, little Snooty was the, Snooty number two, was the runt of his litter, and he was so, so tiny. His head was bigger than the rest of his body, much like Candy Cane Kisses was when Haven first got candy. Um, and he was just amazing and was always there for all of us, no matter what we went through. And we went through a lot in, in that part of our lifetime, or I should say season of our lives. And, you know, me going through uh, teen years and that uh, he was just amazing. And he ended up uh, eventually going to with my sister and my sister ended up taking care of him until he passed and he lived with her and her family and he was just an immense blessing always you know he loved to chase rabbits he would never catch catch them because we lived on a little farm he would never catch him but he loved to chase them so i guess it was like a a, a play thing for him and probably for the rabbits as well because the rabbits knew there was no way he was going to ever get them but it was fun just to get some exercise so again that was snooty number two so infinite thanks blessings and love to both snooties for all that you were and all that you continue to be and next we have the story of tayo t-i-y-o tayo was a belgian german shepherd who his parents were Elaine and Bob. And Tayo was a big boy <laughs> and a great boy. From what uh, Elaine had expressed to me, I never got the opportunity or blessing to meet Tayo, uh, but infinite thanks, blessings, and love to him for being all that he was and is to Bob and Elaine. Uh, but the thing with Tayo, he was a big protector, other than being a big boy. Uh, one night, he woke Bob up while they were sleeping and alerted them that there was smoke in their home. They had a window air unit that I guess was shorting out, and it was smoking. And it was really close to catching fire, and it would have caught fire if Tayo wouldn't have woke Bob up and got it taken care of before it did that. So not only would... Bob and Elaine have definitely perished from smoke inhalation and being burnt to death, uh, but they would have also lost their home as well. If, if they did wake up uh, in time to get out, they would have lost everything. And beautiful Tayo came to the rescue and saved them. So Tayo, infinite thanks, blessings and love to you always for doing what you did. Such a saintly 
an angelic act in saving lives. We do have a special treat for this episode. We have Lindsay, and Lindsay's going to be sharing the story of Hachiko. Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to be here. I would like to share one of my favorite pet stories. The story of Hachiko. A link to the article I will be sharing can be found in the show notes. The incredible story of Hachiko, the dog who waited for his master for years. By Marique, September 6, 2020. Courtesy of DogPlanet.com. Hachiko's story leaves no one indifferent. It led to a movie with Richard Gere, and a statue, certainly one of the best known in Tokyo, in the lively and touristic district of Shibuya. You don't know the extraordinary story of this dog yet. We share it with you in this article. In 1924, the university professor Heitsuba Ieno adopts a young male puppy from a kennel in the Akita province in northern Japan. He is of the Akita Ainu breed, a large Japanese primitive dog. He named him Hachiko, because he was the eighth puppy of the litter, Hachi meaning eight in Japanese and the suffix keo is effective. The teacher and the dog quickly adopt a routine. In the morning, Heitsuba Uyeno leaves for Tokyo University where he teaches and Hachiko accompanies him to Shibuya Station. In the evening, the man always comes back at the same time, by the same train, his dog goes to the station alone and waits for him every day. However, on May 21, 1925, Heitsuba Uyeno, then 53 years old, dies of an intracerebral hemorrhage at the university during one of his lectures. Hachiko comes to meet his master at the train station but the master does not return. He comes back the next day, and then the next few days. The teacher's family tried to take care of Hachiko by placing him with another family, but the dog always ran away. He always returned to his master's former home, near the headquarters of the Tokyo Department Store Company, Limited, And most importantly, always returned to Shibuya Station at the usual time of his master's return. For more than 10 years, until his death in 1935, he made and remade the journey and waited for Heidsuba at the station. He was fed by passers-by and neighbors, touched by his presence and his story. He finally died at the age of 12, near the Inari Bridge on the Shibuya River, from filariasis and cancer of the lungs and heart. Part of his remains, his fur, is stuffed and kept at the National Museum of Nature and Science in Tokyo. The rest of his remains are buried in AMR Cemetery, next to his master's grave. Hachiko's loyalty was recognized during his lifetime, thanks to an article entitled The Moving Story of an Old Dog, Seven Years Waiting for His Deceased Master, written by one of the former students of Professor Heitsuba Uyeno and published on October 4, 1932 in the Asahi Shinbun, one of Japan's largest daily newspapers. But the aura of this faithful dog continued long afterwards. Thus, the statue of Hachiko was erected in 1934 at the foot of Shibuya Station, opposite the famous Shibuya Crossing, the place where crosswalks intersect. This is where Hachiko waited for his master. Since, the statue has changed locations several times, melted down during the Second World War, relocated in 1948, then moved during the station's expansion in 1989. To find oneself under the statue of Hachiko is a meeting point known to all Tokyoites. Several books, films, and manga mention the incredible story of Hachiko.
The best-known film is Harchi, released in 2008, with Richard Gere in the role of Hachiko's master. It is important to know that the Akita Ainu race, from which Hachiko is descended, almost became extinct. Originating from Odate, in the Akita province, like Hachiko, the Akita Ainu was already threatened at the time of Hachiko. During the Second World War, which leads the Japanese to use the fur of Akita Ainu dogs to make their clothes, the dog was even more threatened. The only dogs spared then are German shepherds who are reserved for military tasks. Akita owners crossed their dogs with German shepherds, allowing them to survive. Americans then brought these German shepherd Akitas with them, creating the American Akita. Hachiko, by shedding light on his breed, helped to rekindle interest in the breed after the Second World War. Next we have Capone, <laughs> cute name, the canine fire alarm. One of the most common ways a house pet is able to be heroic is by alerting their family of imminent danger, just like we've just recently heard about Tayo. You can find stories like this all over, but one dog in Iowa may be the best example of a life-saving pet after he helped a family of 10 avoid tragedy. In March 2017, the two-year-old mix of miniature pincher, chihuahua, and whippet, wow, what a combination, alerted his human, Angela, that something was wrong in the kitchen after she had heated up a snack before going to bed. It turned out to be a small fire that quickly grew larger, but Capone's warning allowed Angela and her nine children to get out of the house safely when the blaze had just started. Next, we have Tara the guard cat. In a fight between a large dog and a typical cat, smart money would always go on the canine, but Tara doesn't care about odds. <laughs> In 2014, this black and gray kitty in California made international headlines after she roughed up a dog who was attacking her best friend, Tara's human, a four-year-old boy who has autism, was suddenly attacked by his neighbor's dog while riding a bike in his driveway. A video of the scary incident showed Tara pouncing on the Labrador chow mix and slamming it down intimidating the pup enough to make it run away. Next, we have Willie the Perceptive Parrot. A well-known fact about parrots is that they can learn words. While it's often used as an amusing trick, Willie, a bird in Colorado, used his speaking abilities to save a child's life. In 2008, Megan Howard, Willie's human, was feeding a toddler she was watching and had left the room for a moment when the girl started to choke on her food. Knowing something was wrong, Willie turned into a feathered siren yelling, Mama, baby, repeatedly, and flapping his wings to get Megan's attention. She was able to quickly do the Heimlich maneuver on the girl and save her life, thanks to Willie's warning. Next is Carrie Gold, the guardian horse. When most animals get a sense that their babies are in danger, they can turn from cuddly to deadly in a hurry. In 2006, Fiona Boyd, a woman in Scotland, found out that dairy cows are no different. Boyd was trying to move one of her 1,300-pound cows and its calf to a different building on her property when the baby started acting skittish, sending its mom into a rage directed 
at their handler. The massive cow knocked Boyd to the ground, stood over her, and was about to crush her when the woman's horse, Carrie Gold, ran over and started kicking the bovine with her back legs until it walked away, allowing Boyd to crawl under a fence and escape. Next we have Lulu, <laughs> the resourceful pig. If there hadn't been several witnesses to this story of animal heroism, we wouldn't have believed it was true. In 1998, Joanne Altsman had a heart attack inside the Pennsylvania tra trailer excuse me, where she was staying and was unable to call for help. That's when Altsman's pet Lulu, a 150-pound Vietnamese pot-bellied pig, sprang into action. The pig bolted out of her doggy door, or piggy door in this case, left the front yard and ran into the street where she laid down and pretended to be dead. A driver saw her, stopped and followed her to the house where he heard Altsman yelling and called 911. Next we have Alaska's medicine delivery dogs. If we were doing a list of the world's toughest animals, the dog who runs, or excuse me, the dogs who run sled races in Alaska would definitely be up there. These intrepid pups actually helped save an entire town almost a century ago, proving they have heroism to go along with their athletic skills. In 1925, the residents of Nome were suffering through a diphtheria outbreak that threatened to wipe out the whole village. Nome was so remote and the winter was so historically bad that only a team of Siberian Huskies could successfully make a run for life-saving drugs. 20 teams of dogs ran 674 miles in brutal weather to take medicine from Nanana to Nome. And by the way, if you all haven't noticed, these stories that I'm telling now are from an actual article. I'll share some more um, personal stories here in, in just a moment. But, you know, we had a lack of response, so there Filler was and is needed, so these are great stories, I believe, to share. And I will definitely have a link to this complete article in the show notes and description. Next is Ethiopia's Vigilant Lions. In 2005, some kings of the jungle really earned their crowns in Ethiopia. A group of seven men had kidnapped a 12-year-old girl and held her for a week with the goal of forcing her into a marriage where their plan was foiled by a trio of lions. According to police, the three big cats chased away the girl's abductors after hearing her cries, which likely sounds to them like the sounds of a young lion in danger. Not only did they run off the kidnappers, but they kept watch over the girl until police and her family arrived to take care of her. San Francisco's Vigilant Sea Lion. San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge is a notoriously common spot for people to commit suicide by jumping, but a watchful sea lion helped give one such person a second chance. In 2000, 19-year-old Kevin Hines, battling psychosis and bipolar disorder, went to the bridge and jumped off of it. He somehow survived in the 220-foot fall to the icy sea and found himself being guided to the surface by something underwater. It turned out to be a sea lion helping push his severely injured body toward the light. 
according to what a witness later told Hines. New Zealand's dolphin bodyguards. Dolphins get a lot of good press because of their intelligence and friendly nature towards humans. But you can also add heroism to their list of amazing attributes. In 2004, a group of four people, including a man and his daughter, were swimming in New Zealand when they saw a pod of bottlenose dolphins circling them. They thought the dolphins were just playing until they noticed the circle kept getting tighter and could see a great white shark just outside the barrier. The animals kept guarding the swimmers for 40 minutes until the shark lost interest and left, allowing the people to swim back to shore safely. Next is Bella the Carbon Monoxide Detecting Cat. While smelling smoke is a great skill for a heroic animal, detecting subtler fumes is even more impressive. In 2019, Florida couple Leona and Paul Jones had come home after dinner and in their haste had left their car quietly running in the garage when they came inside. In the middle of the night, their cat Bella started crying loudly enough to wake them from what could have been a permanent sleep. Leona was reportedly so weak from inhaling carbon monoxide during her sleep that she could barely call 911, but was still able to get emergency crews to respond. Speedy the smoke-detecting goat. Yes, I said goat. It's not only cats and dogs that can alert their loved ones of dangerous situations. In 2017, an Arkansas family was saved by their new pet goat. Abigail Bruce got Speedy the goat as a gift for her 10th birthday. And wow, what a gift for a 10th birthday. And two days later, he woke his new best friend in the middle of the night by jumping on her. When Abigail woke, she saw smoke everywhere, leading her to run to her parents' room and wake them. The garage was on fire, but everyone made it out of the house safely, including the heroic family goat. Lucas the Canine Crime Fighter. Police dogs are literally a special breed of heroes, and one in Mississippi certainly earned his stripes. Lucas, a black Belgian Malinois, was waiting inside his cruiser one night when his human partner, Deputy Todd Frazier, got into a dangerous situation. Frazier had stopped to check on what looked like an unconscious driver on the side of the road when he was attacked by two men one of whom cut him with a razor. Fraser was able to press a remote control that released Lucas, excuse me, released Lucas from his car, allowing the ferocious pup to bite the attackers and send them driving away. Lucas's heroism cost him some chipped teeth in the process. Oh, bless his heart. But you see, there's another Belgian. You know, we just talked about Tayo earlier, and Tayo was part Belgian as well. Binta Jua, the Guardian Gorilla. This is one of the most famous stories of a heroic animal ever recorded, and it never ceases to amaze. In 1996, guests at Chicago Brookfield Zoo were stunned when they saw a three-year-old boy fall into an enclosure that contained gorillas. Expecting the worst to happen, the crowd instead witnessed an incredible act of empathy on the part of one of the animals. Binta Jua, one of the gorillas, picked up the injured child and carried him to a doorway where she laid him down for paramedics to take care of. The boy fully recovered 
and Ventajua became a national treasure. Ludwig the Protective Pig. <laughs> Guard dogs may be intimidating, but they've got nothing on a 240-pound guard pig. On New Year's Eve in 2014, a pet pig named Ludwig kept his family in England safe from a gang of burglars. While Mike Mohan and Leon Schultz were asleep, a group of thieves broke into their house, but were chased off by Ludwig, who was woken up by the commotion. The couple vowed to never eat pork again because of their pet's diligent actions that night. <laughs> yes, I'm pausing. If you had a pet pig, why would you keep eating pork to begin with? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just reading the stories. <laughs> Next is Sheba the Paramedic Pup. As great as dogs are, they aren't typically trained to perform life-saving procedures, but this pooch apparently was. In 2012, 18-year-old Aisha Perry was alone with her dog, Sheba the Akita, at home when she started to choke on a piece of chicken. Aisha later told Britain's Mirror that she thought she was going to die as she was lying on the floor, unable to breathe. That's when Sheba, who weighed about 70 pounds, stepped on Aisha's back, sending the food flying out of her throat. Perhaps the most amazing thing about this story is that the pair had only been together for two weeks before Sheba saved Aisha's life. Next is, I'm laughing already, Tommy the Speed Dialing Kitty. <laughs> just, just the mental image of it's hilarious. <laughs> Not to be outdone by a dog who knows the Heimlich, a cat in Ohio, once saved his human's life in an amazing way. Gary Rochison, who uses a wheelchair and suffers from many strokes, tried to train his cat, Tommy, to press a speed dial button on the phone that would dial 911 in case of an emergency. That's exactly what the smart kitty did when Rochison had fallen out of his wheelchair one day in 2006. There was no voice on the call from Roishan's house, but when emergency responders arrived, they found him on the floor and saw Tommy sitting near the phone. The Helpful Humpback Whale. There's apparently been only one recorded instance of a humpback whale protecting a human, and it happened in 2017. During a research trip to Cook Islands in the South Pacific, biologist, excuse me, biologist, Nan Hauser was approached by a 50,000-pound humpback who wouldn't leave her alone. For more than 10 minutes, the whale swam next to Hauser, holding her with its fin and trying to put her on top of its head at times. It's believed that the whale's odd behavior was in order to protect Hauser from tiger sharks that were swimming nearby. Con the Babysitting Dog Further proof that dogs don't need long to develop protective bonds with people, an Australian family's pup put himself on the line for the baby after just a week in their home. In 2007, the Slick family was playing outside in their garden when Con, a Doberman pincher, suddenly grabbed their 17-month-old daughter, Charlotte, by her diaper with her mouth and tossed her to the side. Charlotte's mom was frightened and confused, but then heard Khan cry out and realized that the dog had been bitten by a king brown snake, which carries deadly venom. The brave babysitter survived 
after a dose of antivenom. But Charlotte, been, but if Charlotte had been bitten, she likely would have died. California's bodyguard bear. A hiker in California found out how powerful bears' protection can be in 2012. Robert Biggs was out on a hike near Whiskey Flats when he spotted a mother bear and her cub near a stream. After watching them for a bit, Biggs was about to keep walking when he was suddenly jumped by a mountain lion who had latched onto his backpack. After struggling with the animal for a moment on the ground, Biggs was suddenly rescued by the mother bear who grabbed the mountain lion by the neck and threw it, eventually chasing it away. He suffered a few minor injuries in the incident, but it would have been much worse without his massive guardian. Kelsey the Booming Barker. Sometimes a dog's voice can be its most powerful asset when it comes to being a hero. That was certainly the case with Kelsey, a golden retriever who saved her human's life in 2016. On New Year's Eve, her human Bob went outside of his northern Michigan home to get another log for his fire, but he slipped and broke his neck. Unable to move or get help, Kelsey came to Bob's aid, barking loudly for nearly 20 hours and keeping him warm even as he lost consciousness in the snow. A neighbor eventually heard Kelsey's cries, found the pair in the woods, and called for emergency crews to rescue him. California's Mustang Fire Marshal. Not all heroic animals need to use their efforts to save humans. Sometimes it's to protect their own species. During California's devastating wildfire in 2019, a horse risked its own life to rescue other horses from the raging blaze. A heroic horse had already been rescued from the fire itself by people when it suddenly ran back into the inferno. Footage from the scene showed the horse running back to the burning ranch from where it came, meeting up with two other horses and leading them away from the fire and back to the road. Sacco the Sheltering Shepherd In a nightmarish situation in the wilderness of Canada, a king's shepherd proved more than worthy of its crown. During a road trip, Sacco, the pup in question, was riding with 16-year-old Joseph Phillips Garcia and two of his family members when their car crashed and rolled down a steep hill into the woods. Sacco and Phillips Garcia were thrown from the car and were the only two survivors of the crash. But the teen had suffered serious injuries, so he was unable to move. Sacco kept watch over the boy for about 40 hours keeping him warm and guarding him against wild predators until they were found. Next, we have China's beluga lifeguard. As if you needed another reason to love whales, a beluga in China saved a woman's life in 2009. Yang Yang was taking part in a free diving contest in sub-freezing waters at an aquarium called Polar Land when her body shut down. She got about 20 feet below the surface with no diving equipment when her limbs effectively became paralyzed by the extreme temperatures and pressure. That's when a beluga whale who was in the tank grabbed a hold of her and pushed her towards the surface, saving her life and stunning the people watching the event. And the next is the 9-11 search dogs. 
Search and rescue dogs are another special type of hero, and the ones who sifted through the rubble and dust in the aftermath of 9-11 are some of the best to have ever lived. Crews of specially trained dogs searched through the awful scene at Ground Zero in New York for 10 days in September of 2001, fitting into places their human handlers couldn't and picking up otherwise undetectable scents that aided in recovering people who've been killed. In 2016, the last known surviving 9-11 search and rescue dog, Bratang, died at the age of 16 after a career that had also included aiding at the scenes of Hurricanes Katrina and Hurricane Rita. And enough can't be said about search and rescue dogs, especially cadaver dogs. I don't know if you all are familiar with them, um, but it's not like they just pick up on a scent and, and alert their handler. Um, I mean, yes, they do that, but these dogs have emotions and they know if what they're picking up on is someone that's deceased. Um, and this causes emotional strife uh, in the dog. I've known people who have been around um, and who have had um, dogs that do these rescue and cadaver dogs. And they all say and share that after these situations where the dogs help, uh, there is a mourning and grieving time that the dog has to go through to emotionally process uh, what it had experienced. And that's, it's sad, um, but it's just amazing of what these beings do for us unconditionally, um, without second thought. I mean, they just are there unconditionally for us. Next, we have little Foxy Mo. Foxy Mo was a fox terrier. Uh, she was in a, a rescue from a shelter, a shelter rescue, that uh, my wife and I wanted to get a dog because our son, uh, Talon, was very little at the time, and um, we didn't want what happened with Haven, um, being terrified of dogs until Candy came along and helped, uh, to that to happen to Talon. So we got a dog from the shelter, and we called her Foxy, which her nickname ended up being Foxy Mo, or also Foxy Mo Brown Dog. <laughs> One of the first amazing things we found out about Foxy when we were adopting her from the shelters, we found out she was an owner turnover, and come to find out that she was turned over to um, the authorities because she was intervening with a father who was abusing his daughter. Um, Foxy would put herself between him and the daughter, and I guess actually went after the uh, father as he tried to abuse the daughter. Uh, that's the story we got, but wow, uh, amazing. And it wasn't surprising because of Foxy's character that we soon learned that she had. <laughs> so, of course, her being a fox terrier, she was spunky, and the girl had attitude, I'm telling you. Um, she was very loving to our son and to me, but she was Haven's familiar. She was like glue to Haven, that if Haven got up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom, Foxy was up and going and right there with her. 
because she always wanted to make sure that Haven was safe and infinite blessings to Foxy uh, for that. And she was, even though a little dog, she had a big voice and <laughs> she would let you know when she's had enough. Now, you know, she would tolerate me and our son to a certain degree and then or a certain amount of time. And then she would gently but um, forcefully let us know that enough's enough. She's not playing anymore. <laughs> so, but she was never like that with Haven. She was Haven's, again, her familiar, her lap puppy, her protector. She was and is truly amazing. And we could never uh, thank Foxy enough for everything that she did for our family. Uh, unfortunately, she ended up getting very ill and we had to let her go. And it was very, very hard on our family, just like it is with anyone. When you lose these babies, it's like losing a child. It really is. And uh, it leaves such a gaping hole. Uh, but there's so much love in our hearts from them and because of them. And that's something we should never, ever forget. And last but certainly not least, we have a Chala bear. Uh, Chala was a um, chow-chow mix that Haven and Talon and I got um, on January 8th of 2006. A little over a year after Foxy had passed away and we decided we were going to go to a local animal shelter and, quote, just look, end quote. So we went to, it's a fairly large animal shelter, and, you know, we were looking for any fur baby, like everybody does. When you're going, you're looking for a baby that clicks with you and your family. And we walked the entirety of it. There were several cages uh, that are enclosures that were empty, which was awesome because we, you know, are thinking this is great. These are babies that got adopted for Christmas or New Year's. And unfortunately, you know, the other ones that were still there either did not get adopted or were brought back after Christmas, which sadly happens all too often. So again, we walked the entirety of the place and none of them really clicked with us. But as we're walking back, there's this medium-sized black chow-chow mix just sitting there in her enclosure looking at us. And we're all, we, we all stopped at the very same time, not like... One stopped and the others kept walking or two stopped. All three of us stopped immediately at the same time and looked over to her to which she still stood there looking at us like, hey, <laughs> and we all looked at each other and said, hey, she wasn't there before when we walked by. So we got closer to her and started loving on her and she was very accepting of it. Uh, but she was very intimidating because her fur had grown out. And she didn't look like a bear at this point. She looked more like a lion. <laughs> Her hair was really long. Uh, so we had someone, we flagged somebody down that worked there, and they were kind of surprised, like giving us this uh, uh, impression that they were surprised this dog was here as well. And I don't want to say that this was paranormal but or from the divine, but as we know, Stranger things have happened in life. But anyway, this person kind of like, oh, okay. And we were asking questions about Achala because there was no placard, you know, on the enclosure. And those of you who go to the shelter know that, 
each dog has a, a placard on the, um, it's usually a handwritten card that says what the, the dog is, uh, their gender, you know, some information on them. There was nothing for Achala. So we got her out and put a leash on her and took her outside and just kind of spent some time with her. And honestly, I at first was apprehensive because she didn't really seem like she wanted to have much to do with us. She was more interested in what was not going on in the little grassy area. Um, but that, of course, that, <laughs> that quickly changed. But anyway, Haven and Talon were head over heels for Achala. And I was like, hey, if, if she's good for them, then I know she's going to be great for me as well. So we decided we were going to adopt her. And as we take her up front um, and start the paperwork process, the ladies behind the counter were kind of shocked as to, and they were kind of fumbling around like looking for papers and things like that. Like they, again, they too didn't know that this dog was there. And Haven and I both were kind of talking off to the side about this. And it was, it was kind of bizarre. And it's like, if they didn't know this dog was there, should we adopt her or not? But by that time, even me, we had all fallen in love with her and it was a done deal. So Haven was like, you know, getting paperwork and stuff taken care of. And of course they had to call our landlord to get it approved. And fortunately we knew the landlord at the time and she was very amazing and blessed us by approving this adoption of a chow chow because, or chow chow mix, because as you all know, or maybe don't know, um, a lot of chow chows are shunned upon because they, people believe that they are, um, they can be nippy, they can attack. And I'm here to tell you folks with, Achala, that was totally not in her at all. She was, without a doubt, the most loving being we have ever known and experienced. And that's nothing against any of the other fur babies we've had or known. So Haven asked the lady, well, you know, because, you know, there's sometimes there are waiting periods for these animals, especially if they're new. And since there wasn't a, a card or a placard for Achala, we were like, just assuming no one knew she was there because she was new. She was just brought in. So we were going to have to wait and come back and pick her up. So Haven was like, well, when can we take her home? And they were all looking at each other and they just said right away. <laughs> so we were elated to take a Chala bear home with us. And we named her a Chala bear because once we got her groomed, she looked like a little bear and she even had a little crimp tail and everyone that saw her always thought she number one was a puppy and number two that she looked like a bear and she was such a lover she did not know a stranger and we didn't find out that extent of her until after her passing and she spent 10 years with us we loved her unconditionally. She loved each of us unconditionally. She was there for us through so many seasons in our lives. But as you all know, unfortunately, they're not there for enough seasons. You know, we all wish our little babies or big fur babies or furless babies, our little angels in fur coats or furless coats could live longer. They could be with us for longer, but they pack a powerful punch in the short time that they're with us. If only all of us could be that way, you know, 
that when we pass away, we, we leave that such a mark with those or impression with those that we have come in contact with and we've touched in our lives. We can only hope and pray that we do that. But these little beings or big beings uh, do this and they do it so quickly. And Achala was just like that. Uh, but unfortunately, we noticed that her health was starting to decline. She started to develop a cough. And, you know, we took her to uh, her vet and the vet said that she had bronchitis, gave her some antibiotics. And that kind of helped for a minute. But then once the antibiotics ran out, the cough came back and, and came back worse. And we ended up taking her back to the vet and ended up seeing a different vet. And this vet was like, did the previous vet do a chest x-ray or mention getting a chest chest x-ray done? And we were like, no. And she's like, well, I, I really need to do a chest x-ray. So we said, okay. So here we're thinking it's just, you know, bronchitis or, you know, something else that can be treated and we can take her home. Well, that wasn't the fact. It ended up finding that Achala had a very large cancerous tumor in her lung. And bless her, I don't know how she managed to breathe. It was so big in her little lung. And, you know, we asked the vet, well, how long does she have? And the vet was like, well, how long do you want her to have? Because she's in a lot of pain right now, even though she's not showing it. So it's up to you guys how long you know, you want to keep her around because, you know, yes, she's going to expire from this, um, but, you know, she is in excruciating pain. So we took her home and we decided to wait a week. And I know some of you might say, why did you let that puppy suffer for a week? But we needed a week to be with her, to savor each and every moment with her. And that's exactly what we did and to say our goodbyes to her. And when we took her to release her, we entered the vet and she pranced herself right on in there with her head held high and all the people in the waiting room were just fawning over her. Oh my gosh, look at the little puppy. Look at the little bear puppy. And she just licked them and was so happy and all the way to the very end. And as we released her, she went so peacefully and so quietly and so beautifully. Um, and one of the many amazing things that we found out about Achala while she was passing and after she passed is one of the nurses that was assisting uh, with letting Achala go was crying. She was very upset. And we just thought, well, you know, maybe she's new or something or she just has a hard time doing this kind of thing. Well, come to find out, she knew Achala from all the times Achala had been there for um, her grooming because the vet that we took her to also did grooming as well. And she really had fallen in love with Achala and we had no idea. And then afterwards, we had all kinds of nurses that were coming up to us. Uh, and of course, the, the main person that did Achala's grooming all the time came up to us and was just sharing their stories of Achala with us that we had no idea that this little fur baby was meeting and loving and healing all of these people that she was coming into contact with. What an immense blessing. Again, you know, she was such and is such a major part of 
my family's life and mine is to this day. We always, there's not a day that does not go by that we don't talk about Achala. Achala is always in our hearts and always in our thoughts. Um, unfortunately, she passed away on November 1st of 2016. And to this day, we still don't have a fur baby yet. We hope uh, we will be getting one maybe sometime in the future. We'll be moving here sometime within the next year or so. So maybe we'll reconsider then. But, you know, how it is when you had such a, a beautiful baby. It's such a perfect baby. It's very difficult to move on from that or to progress and to adopt another. But I know we could be an amazing family, just like I know all of you who've lost fur babies can be an amazing family to another fur baby in need. So please adopt, you know, don't go out to a breeder, adopt the fur babies, because as we see these blessed angels and saints, some of the best of them come from broken homes and they come from shelters. And speaking of Achala, if any of you are interested in seeing a photo of Achala, look no further than the cover for this week's show. That is the beautiful baby Achala. Wow, those were some amazing stories and yet more proof and evidence how the divine works through all of us. And I mean all of us. From the biggest to the smallest, never underestimate the divine in everything and everyone. And I re really literally mean that, literally. Um, it's just um, off the charts. So I hope and pray you all have enjoyed this season three finale and our St. Pets episode. No fears, no worries. We'll be back again this same time next week. We have new episodes upload, and I mean every Sunday. We have new episodes that come up at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. So mark that down on your calendar. If you're on the Pacific Coast, that would be 9 p.m. Saturday. So you kind of get a jump start, so to speak, on everybody else. So everyone, you have a wonderful week, and we'll do our closing prayers now. This week's prayer requests are as follows. Ariana, who I introduced last week, is still in need of our prayer, recovering from her surgeries at home. Please also keep her father, Father Adam, and her family in your hearts and prayers as well. Haven has her heart echo to evaluate her aortic valve defect tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, if you could keep her in your hearts and prayers. Uh, next is Father Daniel and his mother, Anne. Also, Bob, who has stage 2 follicular lymphoma. Uh, Bob was not able to get the chemo treatments last week uh, because of his white blood cell count being too low. However, he got great news uh, from a CT scan that the lymph nodes have reduced 80% from the chemo treatment. He goes tomorrow and Tuesday for round four of chemo, so please keep Bob in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. General prayers for health and well-being for Elaine, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Rachel, Mike S., Kathy, Michael T., Father Mike Cantor, Eddie, Emma, and Jean. And I would like to add for Rachel that her 
gallstone surgery is this Thursday. I do not have a time for that, but just to keep her, especially Thursday, in your hearts, thoughts, and prayers that the surgery goes well and that she recovers quickly. Since the focus of this show was on our beloved pets and fur and furless babies, I could think of nothing better than an animal blessing for all of them. And this animal blessing that I'm going to be using, I will have a link to it in the show notes. Um, I have tweaked it a little bit here and there to to fit our purposes. Uh, But please note, it is not a clergy uh, prayer, meaning that just something that the clergy can do, priests and monks and nuns and sisters. It is for everyone to use. So please feel free to use this for your pets. And at the end of the prayer, you usually sprinkle uh, holy water on your little fur baby or furless baby. Um, If you do not have um, holy water, then just go ahead and just do the prayer and wing it. I plan on in season four to do a show about how to make your own holy water and things of that nature. Let us pray in the name of the divine, the son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O creator, our refuge and our strength. You are the very source of our loving service. Please hear our devout prayers and grant that what we ask in faith, we may actually obtain through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting creator, you tried the glorious St. Anthony the Hermit with various temptations and allowed him to pass unharmed through the storms of this world. Grant to your servants that we may profit by his splendid example and by his merits and intercession be freed from the dangers of this present life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. May these animals, Lord, receive your blessing in the name of the divine, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Keep them sound in body and through the intercession of St. Anthony the Hermit. May they be healed of illness and live a long and healthy life. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. I so hope and pray that you all have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you are searching for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast, here and more. Please don't be a stranger. Come around anytime, all the time. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes and show description. I'm always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings past and present in your country, society, and culture that we and the rest of the world do not know about, but we should. Please, please, please contact me and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. I love to pray and our listeners love to pray. So let us pray for you. There are two ways that you can do this. The first is to email me directly at faithandmorepodcast. That's all one word, faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. The second way is through our website. There's a contact form on the website. And you can find our website at faithandmorepodcast. Again, that's all one word, faithandmorepodcast.wixsite, W-I-X, 
S-I-T-E dot com slash my dash site. S-I-T-E. So until next week, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.